Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. So glad you've joined me on this Monday morning as we continue our series on uh, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Ephesus is a city, city still there in uh, present-day Turkey. So it's an area called commonly called Asia Minor. And uh, Paul ministered there for approximately three and a half years. It was a very pagan and occultic city. And you can read about his ministry there in Acts chapter 19. But we're focusing primarily upon his letter. Now, if he says things in the letter that seems to be related to uh, what Luke tells about in Acts about his ministry there, we will look at that. But uh, when we last time, we were in verse 7, where it says, in him. And I can't emphasize this enough. When you're reading Paul's letters, and you come across phrases like in him, or in whom, or in Christ, or through him, or through Christ, or by him, or by Christ, underline or highlight those, memorize those, because they tell you what your inheritance is since putting your faith in Christ. It tells you who you are about your new identity in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. They have a new identity. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So those phrases are so very important. So uh, we were looking at verse 7, in him. We don't have it apart from him. We only have it in him. There are many things, blessings, and benefits that we have as a result of being in Christ. Those outside of Christ do not have those benefits and blessings. Of course, the most important one is salvation is eternal life. So verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Yes, God has poured out the riches of his grace upon us who have put our faith in him. Verse 8 says, which he made to abound toward us. I think the NIV says, which he lavished on us. In other words, God is not a tightwad. God is not a miser. God is lavish with his blessings. He's willing to lavish his blessings upon his people, his children, who will put their trust in him and look to him and him alone. Verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Now, verse 10 is where we're going to land today and, and, and zero in on says that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Now, this tells us God's ultimate plan and purpose, that it is to gather together in one all things in Christ, whether in heaven or in earth. There is uh, the, the, a Greek word here that, that is so important, and it is one word that is translated gather together. And the Greek word is, it's a long word, anna kephalosusis. 
anacephalosusis. And it was used in the ancient world, it was used as a, a mathematical term for the sum total of all of the numbers, the summation, the sum, what they added up to. Uh, it was also used concerning the bottom line of a speak, the bottom line, the summation, the bottom line of a speak. And what Paul is saying here, when everything that God is doing in time, eternity, everything he's doing in heaven and earth, when it is all added up, it's going to be summed up. The bottom line is going to be Jesus Christ. Let's read that again. And uh, I, I'm just going to use the, the, the literal meaning of that word. Uh, gathered, instead of gather together, we're going to say uh, sum up or the bottom line, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might sum up into one all things in Christ. He might gather together or sum up all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. So all of, all of God's plans and purposes are centered in Jesus Christ. This is why he must be the sum total. He must be the bottom line. Yeah, we may talk about other things. We may talk about divine healing. We may talk about uh, gifts of the Spirit. We may talk about faith, but everything has to come back to Him and be centered in Him and in a li living relationship with Him. We must be careful about separating any doctrine from the person of Jesus Christ and our relationship with Him. This is what was happening in the letter of Colossians, what biblical scholars call the Colossian heresy. They had separated their experiences, uh, visitations of angels or, or visions or miracles. They had separated that from Jesus Christ himself. And Paul, one of the reasons he wrote the letter to the Colossians was to warn them that they needed to get their focus back on Jesus. Now, this also happened at the Azusa Street Revival. Let me just pull it out. I just, I just uh, ran off a couple of pages from my new book, Jesus, Discovering the Real Jesus. Uh, Hopefully it will come out. I know I said this a week or two ago that I thought it might be out in a week. Well, it's just taking a little bit more time than, than I am, am anticipating, but it's getting very, very close. So keep your eyes open for the release of discovering the real Jesus. But the leaders at Azusa, you've heard of the Azusa Street Revival, a three-year revival in Los Angeles, 1906 to 1909. People came there from all over the world. There were many miracles uh, there were gifts of the Holy Spirit. There were healings. Uh, incredible time. But the leaders of the revival, very early on, they became concerned uh, that people, because of all the emphasis on the Holy Spirit and, this, and, and manifestations, that the people were going to become distracted and their focus was going to be taken away from Jesus and the importance of a, 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 a vital living relationship with him. And instead of nurturing the relationship with Jesus, that they were going to be chasing after experiences and chasing after miracles. And my, that's happening today. 
uh, in our world, in the church. And I'm going to just read to you what, what I have here. The leaders at Azusa were mature believers who understood the importance of the centrality of Jesus. Very early on, they became concerned that with all the attention on spiritual gifts, Jesus would lose his proper place of preeminence in their midst. Frank Bartleman, a journalist and participant in the revival, wrote, and this is a, a direct quote, In the beginning of the Pentecostal work, I became very much exercised in the spirit that Jesus should not be slighted, lost in the temple by the exaltation of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit. There seemed great danger of losing sight of the fact that Jesus was all in all. I endeavored to keep him as the central theme and figure before the people. William Seymour and others in leadership at Azusa continually directed the attention of the people back to the Bible and to the one who is the center of the Bible, Jesus Christ. When a woman came to Seymour and asked him to pray for her, that she would, these were her words, get the tongues, (laughs) he replied, now see here, Sister Sadie, don't you go seeking tongues, seek Jesus. He is the one. In the January 1907 issue of the Apostolic Faith, the official publication of the revival, Seymour and the leadership wrote these words. We do not have time to preach anything else but Christ. The Holy Spirit has not time to magnify anything but the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are simply a voice shouting, Behold the Lamb of God. When we commence shouting something else, then Christ will die in us. If Christ be lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Well, and I will close with the words of C.S. Lewis. You know, when the Holy Spirit is working in people's lives, they understand that they're all directed to Jesus. The folks at Azusa Street, Uh, Many of them were very poor, illiterate, but because the Holy Spirit was working, they knew that Jesus was to be all in all. C.S. Lewis was an, I'm sort of presenting him, he's sort of at the other end of the spectrum. He was an Oxford professor and, and an agnostic, but he came to Jesus. He came to realize who Jesus is and became a defender of the faith that is in Jesus. And he once wrote, and I'll close with these words. The church exists for nothing else but to draw people to Christ. Did you hear that? The church exists for nothing else but to draw people to Christ, to make them little Christ. In other words, to make them like Jesus. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, and the Bible itself are simply a waste time. Yes. Paul, in his letter to the, to the Ephesians, is emphasizing, folks, oh, it's all about Jesus. Keep your vision, keep your, your, your uh, faith in him. Keep him at the center of your life. Keep clinging to him. And I will close with this passage in Hebrews. Chapter 12, verse 1. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking Unto Jesus, the author 
and the finisher of our faith. I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I hope you'll check out my uh, website, eddiehyatt.com. You'll find a bookstore there and a lot of resources that will help you and links to our blog, uh, YouTube channel, and other things. And uh, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for another episode of the Eddie Hyatt Podcast.